Welcome everyone, whether you are tuning in online, live, on demand, or here in person, we're so excited that you're here with us for this second week of our series entitled Talking to Walls. It's a conversation about prayer. This week I was thinking about what is it that fascinates us as humankind, and, and what came to mind is this idea of legacy, wanting to be limitless or last forever in some way, shape, or form. And if you look all throughout human history, you see different variations of this reality. Look at the Egyptian culture. They did a great job at building pyramids, and the purpose of the pyramid was not a tourist attraction. It was actually meant to be a place where their leaders could figure out a way to live forever. This is spilled over into folklore, into literature, into a variety of different things. In fact, Disney has even picked up on this. In their depiction of the Pirates of the Caribbean and their kind of emphasis on that, in one movie, they're searching for the Fountain of Youth. So my boys thought it would be awesome to put together a Lego photo of what they thought that would look like, looking for a way to live forever. Limitless. It's one of those things that is an, it's an underlying reality for us, this desire to be more than we are. And in fact, there's only a few things that we can participate in that are actually truly limitless in nature. One is the way we love. The way we love. Another is the way we hate. And a third, I would suggest, is the way that you and I grow in and experience prayer. John chapter 17 is the text from the Bible that we're going to be studying this morning. If you've got a Bible with you, I want to invite you to flip there and turn there with me. John chapter 17, it's in the, the last third of the Bible that we refer to as the New Testament. And that's where we will be for the duration of our time together today. Here's what you need to know about this chunk of scripture before we get into it. It is the longest recorded prayer that Jesus ever prayed in scripture. It's the longest recorded prayer that he's ever prayed. It takes the full chapter. And there's three major sections that we're going to look at in our time together. The first is the, the section that he prays for himself, because it's okay to pray for yourself. And then he prays for his friends, and it's okay to pray for your friends. And then he prays for the future, and it's okay to pray for the future. John chapter 17, let's look at that first section where Jesus prays for himself, starting in verse 1 through verse 5. After saying these things, Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. He gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And in this way, and this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. Sometimes, when we try to approach prayer, we get to this place where, where it feels like it's no longer okay to pray for ourselves. We feel confused, we feel frustrated, we feel like it's a little bit selfish if we pray for ourselves. And in this moment, Jesus is reminding us it is okay to pray for yourself. Furthermore, 
It gives us great insight into what is actually happening and transpiring in Jesus' prayer life beyond this moment. See, Jesus starts by reminding his father what he's all about, his mission, what he was made to do, what he was sent to do here on earth. I don't know if you've ever had this happen in your world, but you feel a little stir-crazy or uncertain of what's going on right in the moment. Maybe you're in a job and you've got a brand new supervisor and you're wondering, what the heck is this going to mean for me when it comes to my longevity here in this role? I need some interaction with that person in order to know that there's a level of certainty I can embrace here. You need that relational connection. And in the same way, you and I, we're wired to know what we're made for, what our purpose is, where our meaning comes from. And if we don't get that in our relationship with God, we're looking for it in all these other things. And in all these other things, the answer is always shifting and changing. It's like having brand new COVID rules every day that you wake up. It's like, what are we doing now? We are wearing masks. We're not wearing masks. We can have people. We can't. What is a public gathering? What is a social gathering? What is the difference? We need that certainty, and that certainty only comes from that deep connection that we have with God as Father. Jesus models that for us. He reminds us of what he was sent to do. He was sent to make a way forward so that you and I could experience life to the limitless, to the full, to the eternal. It's okay to pray for yourself. Furthermore, I was reminded uh, in, in college, I had this project that was tossed at me by one of my professors, and he was like, Jason, here's what I want you to do for your end of term project. I want you to study all of the major leaders of all the religious movements or spiritual movements in the world, and I want you to do a, com a contrast and comparison between the two. How are they similar and how are they different? So I set out to do that. I studied guys like Jesus, Muhammad, Joseph Smith, Buddha, you name it, Gandhi, all these different individuals, and I started to map what I learned and what I experienced. And above all, the integrity of Jesus leapt off the page. Jesus is who he says he is. See, in these few verses, he reminds us that he is God's son, and he was sent to save the world. Every single thing that Jesus said, he accomplished except one. He talked about coming back to earth one day to collect us when the world was going to come to an end. He hasn't done that yet. The world hasn't ended, despite what social media might be telling you. The world has not ended. Every single thing that he said he was going to do, he's accomplished. That is simply amazing. So if you're wondering and if you're confused about, is Jesus somebody, somebody, somebody that we can actually trust and put hope and faith in? Well, I want to put all of my chips, so to speak. I want to bet on a guy that follows through on everything that he has said that he will do except one. Nobody else can say that. It's amazing. So Jesus starts by praying for himself, and it's okay when we pray to pray for ourselves. But then he shifts and he moves, and he starts praying for his closest friends called the disciples. Let's look at that together. In verse 13, that's where this section begins. He says this, Now I am coming to you. I told them, meaning his friends, the disciples, many things while I was, in, while I was with them in this world so they could be filled with my joy. 
I've given them your word, and the world hates them because they don't belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. This is a super powerful moment in the heart of Jesus' prayer where you can see how much he desperately cares for his friends. He is madly in love with his friends. So much so that in just a few short moments, he offers up his life in the form of a death on a cross for the sake of his friends. He becomes an intercessor, an ambassador for his friends to his Father in heaven, begging and pleading, full well knowing that some of these friends One of them in particular is going to betray him in a most heinous way in just a few short moments. And yet he prays for his friends. Regardless of how they have treated him or will treat him, he prays for his friends. It got me thinking a lot this week. Am I somebody that is willing to pray for the people around me? In my own life story, I'm a product of people that have invested in me in a number of different ways, and one of those ways is through prayer. I have people that pray for me each and every day. In fact, I was absolutely flabbergasted last week when this young elementary-aged kid pulled me aside and said, Pastor Jason, I want you to know I'm praying for you because everybody needs to be prayed for. Everybody needs to be prayed for. The places that you and I are placed, at work, at home, at school, the, way, the place we physically live, those are opportunities that you and I have to pray for the people right around us, intentionally, by name. One of my favorite things to do is go on prayer walks. I kind of do it for a number of different reasons. One of the ways... That I, I, one of the reasons why I do it is so that I can stay active. I've got this little thing on my phone that tells me when I'm too sloth-like and I'm about to die. And if I don't start moving, I'm going to be in big, big trouble. And so I start prayer walking. I walk and I pray in our neighborhood, in our community, in the spaces that God allows me to move and experience, I pray. And what we thought would be really, really cool is maybe some other people are learning to pray in this way. So what if we developed a resource called a prayer card to help enhance your prayer experience, your prayer walking wherever you go. And maybe you saw this if you were live here in person as you came into this space, it was sitting on a table, and you could take it if you wanted it. There's also a digital version of this at centennialroad.com if you're watching online or on demand and you want access to it. But what if you and I just need that nice visual reminder to pray for people, to pray for our friends? What if we took time to list them by name? As I walk around my community, I haven't met all the the neighbors in my neighborhood just yet, but the ones that I do when I walk by their house, I pray for them by name. Not all the time, because I'm not perfect, 
But when I'm reminded that I can pray, I pray for them by name. And if, if you need more than a visual reminder, but a little bit, bit of courage to maybe further that relationship with a neighbor, you could take a card like this, write their name on it, write who you prayed for or how you prayed for them, and stick it in their mailbox. Or hand it out to a coworker, or a friend at school, or anything like that. What if you and I prayed for our friends just like Jesus prayed for his friends? See, Jesus knew that his friends would be misunderstood. The Bible uses the word hated, confused. People are usually hated because they're a little bit different than somebody else. We're not hated for how we're the same than somebody. We're hated for our differences. And because we're different, Sometimes that opens, opens us up to criticism in some way, shape, or form. What if we could pray for the people around us in a real intentional way so that when they come up against hatred, they could respond with love instead of hatred? Because hate plus hate equals hate. Hate plus love equals Jesus. Jesus continues as he prays, and then he gets to this most epic part in his prayer when he prays for the future. Check it out in verse 20. I am praying for you. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and, there may be in, and they may be in us, so that the world will believe you sent me. I've given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Keep in mind that this is a prayer Jesus prayed thousands of years ago. Thousands of years ago. And in that moment, he prays for you and me. And anybody else that will ever believe in who he is, he prays for them. Prayer is limitless, even from the constraints of time. And if Jesus prays for the future, why, why wouldn't we do the same and pray for our future in some way, shape, or form? I think sometimes that gets really, really challenging for us because there are those of us that are trapped by our past in some way. A deeply painful memory, moment, activity, experience done by us or done to us that keeps us stuck in that moment. And to think about the future in some way, shape, or form is extremely difficult. Well, here's my encouragement to you if you happen to identify with that being stuck in the past in some way. The next time that moment, that memory, the one that haunts you, that keeps you up at night, starts to flood your brain and your heart. Don't push it aside. Instead, I dare you to ask this question. Jesus, where were you in this moment? Where were you in this pain? Where were you when I needed you? I dare you to ask that. 
If Jesus is who he says he is, he says he will never leave us or forsake us. So he was present in that most painful experience of your past that you have that still haunts you to this day. And he will lead you forward through that. Heal it so you can once again partner with what he wants to do in you today and tomorrow. Because prayer is limitless. Invite Jesus into that moment. Let him lead you forward. Well, you might be thinking, but Jason, that seems way too simple and basic. Will it work? Try it. Just do it. And see what God can do in you and through you. You and I, we benefit from this prayer prayed thousands of years ago. And if Jesus participates in that, in this way, you and I can similarly engage. Because prayer is limitless. Limitless. When we intentionally engage in it. Part of the reason why we've designed this series for the fall is we believe that prayer is the precipice, the foundation to a movement that God might do. Now imagine for a moment, if you and I turned into prayer warriors, wherever we're at in our relationship with Jesus, whether we're exploring who he is, where we know him, or we've walked with him for a long time, if we would be transformed by the practice of prayer, imagine where he might lead us moving forward. Imagine what he could do in us, through us, around us, if we would just choose to grow in our commitment to prayer. I don't know about you, but at the end of my days, I'm hoping and praying that those around me see a life that was limitless. To whatever degree, I could experience that on a personal level. And that invitation is there for you as well. Again, whether you know Jesus or just exploring who he is, wherever you are, if you would humble yourself and pray, imagine what God could do in you, through you, around you. As you learn to pray for yourself, for your friends, and for the future. In these next moments in our service, we don't want to just talk about prayer. We want to give you an opportunity to pray. So our musicians are going to join me here on stage momentarily and lead us through a time of just silent, melodic intercession where you get to participate in prayer to whatever degree you are comfortable. Maybe you're going to want to try that thing about inviting Jesus into a painful moment, a memory of your past. Maybe you're going to ask Jesus for different names of people that he wants you to be praying for in real time today here in 2020. I don't know, but I want to give you time to process this opportunity wherever you are. So let me pray as we lead into this time together. Father, would you teach us to pray? In these next moments, would you allow us to experience you in a deep and meaningful way so that we can be the people that you need us to be. Father, I pray that we would allow the gift of this time in a few short moments 
to be exactly that, a gift where we can grow in you, through you, in a deep and meaningful way. Would you speak and would you lead? And we pray this in your name.